Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. What is the first thing you feel when someone compliments you? How do you first feel when someone corrects you or offers constructive criticism? How we process what others think of us is heavily influenced by what we think of ourselves. Maybe you thought your time in quarantine would be a great opportunity to work on self-care and getting more in tune with yourself. But did you actually do that? (laughs) Or did you just stamp self-care across sitting in front of Netflix or for, mm, let's be honest, the majority of your quarantine days? Self-perception is not a mystic term. It's a massive part of learning how to grow in so many areas of your life, which means it's something you should dedicate the next half hour or so to hearing more about from someone who lives and breathes helping people discover what makes them tick and how they can be the best version of themselves. Jesse Nespolo has spent over 15 years within the automotive marketing industry with the last seven years as a senior strategy lead on Google's automotive retail team. In addition to her work on the auto vertical, Jesse has a passion for helping women reach their full potential. She currently acts as the America's site lead for Google's I Am Remarkable initiative and leads the Google Women Detroit chapter, where she brings programs to the Detroit office that are focused on women empowerment. Outside of Google, Jesse is the co-founder of Forward Detroit and is actively involved in Hope Water International, an organization that participates in athletic events to raise money for clean water in Africa. And actually, Jesse has held the only female board seat on Hope Water International's board since 2018. Jesse is married to her high school sweetheart, and together they are raising four children and co-leading a local Detroit marriage mentorship group. So she's got a few things going on, <laughs> but she is by far the best person to be talking with us today about self-perception. So Jesse, I am so thankful that you are here with us today. Jordan, I'm so excited for the opportunity. It is when you were reading that, I was like, "Oh, I maybe should say no more." <laughs> no, it is. God has. I'm a true believer and make a dent where you're sent. And God has really just blessed me with opportunities to be able to come and share what He's doing in my life. And so I'm super excited to be here with you today. Awesome. Well, I don't think it's too surprising that to kick off our month-long conversation, we want to talk about self-perception. So for today's conversation, I would love for you to kind of kick things off and share your personal definition of self-perception. Jordan, I love I love this question, mm-hmm. and I, I love the topic, clearly. Um, <laughs> when I think of self-perception, what I really think about is really understanding one's value Mm. um, and identity. And then taking all imposter syndrome voices in our head aside and being confident in sharing that with others. Mm. As a Christian, I think that comes easier for us as I've done a lot of work in the general population in this arena. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, as Christians, we're constantly working to know whose we are, which I'm a daughter of a king and I'm unconditionally loved by him. But as we you know, go beyond that and really focus on what gifts does God give me and what value do they bring, I'm able to then be more confident in who I am and my self-perception. So I mentioned, you know, as a Christian, that that comes more natural. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm working with the general population on this topic of uh, how remarkable each individual is, um, I I really want them to take the time to think about their their gifts and what makes them proud or what makes them happy, whether that's at work or at home, and then really practice 
like a muscle, <laughs> building that mindset mm-hmm. shift so yeah. their self-perception is strong and, and confident. Yeah. So how did you come to that definition, especially the idea of being open to sharing your value with others? Yeah, I am a true believer and advocate. Um, That's part of my my mission or my purpose statement is to really encourage others, especially women, to bring their whole selves to whatever environment they're in. Mm. Um, This concept of no mass. So whoever you are at home, make sure you're bringing that same person to the work environment. Mm -hmm. Because what ultimately, as you heard through my bio, I'm balancing a lot of hats. So I, (laughs) I I lead a good, a big role at Google. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been blessed with this opportunity to lead the hashtag I am remarkable initiative, um, for the Americas in the last year, which we'll talk more about later. But then I come home and I have four kids right now. Mm -hmm. I actually have one on away. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's a lot of great, good and ugly that comes with all of that. Um, so knowing that this is a big mission of mine, I have been really taking the time to continuously develop in this area. So taking trainings that help me to be bold, help me to build that, that strength or that bravery and being confident in who I am. And about five years ago, I actually participated in the Google workshop, hashtag I am remarkable, um, as one of my training and developments. And the whole goal of that program is to encourage women or underrepresented groups, so basically anyone who's a minority in a situation, Mm -hmm. to speak openly about their accomplishments, whether that be in the workplace or beyond, um, and and, and really kind of continue to be aware of what those accomplishments are. Hmm. And so when I took that training where I really pride myself in being bold, I was realizing, oh, there's still some work to do here, God. You're continuing Hmm. to peel the onion back of, I'm not always walking that talk. And so Iron Remarkable has just really become a platform where I haven't been able to build, but then encourage others to build in this area. Hmm. Okay. So let's talk more about that program. Let's talk about the initiative because I, I feel like, because you and I kind of talked about it a little bit before, it ties in so closely with what we're talking about today. So just share a little bit about that. Share maybe how our listeners could get involved with it. Yeah. it's So it's a Google initiative that launched in 2015, actually originating out of our Europe team, which is just amazing um, to have some best practices coming more over to the Americas where it's really growing now. Um, and the whole goal, like I said before, was to, we identified that this was a socially driven concept, that it was harder for women in underrepresented groups to self-promote. We noticed it in boardrooms, we've noticed it in social circles, and we really wanted to bring something to the marketplace mm-hmm. that could enable both internal Googlers, but external, um, external people as well uh, to help build this muscle. So it's a 90-minute workshop. We run it in, now that we're a virtual world, in a million different formats in a different, wow. very, um, various different sizes. You, the listeners can actually go, if they Google hashtag I am remarkable, they'll be able to find, <laughs> find the website. But it's a, we do it for customers, so a lot of the internal Googlers are focused on either running workshops internally or with large customers and partners. And then we also offer this for external uh, individuals to become trainers of the program. Hmm. So for myself, for example, like I've done them for large corporations or I've done them for my local forward chapter, right? Oh, so wow. we have okay. a lot of like 
coaches or people that are just passionate to be able to go to our website and, and get involved. So it's really a global movement. Um, it's, I, the workshop to itself is broken out into three sections. So we start with the why, why this is so important, bring awareness of like why we need to really focus here. And then with Google being a big data company, we partner with a lot of third parties on the research to really prove that this isn't, you know, I think we'll talk about this too, imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Like this Mm -hmm. is definitely something that is hard for us to do as women or anybody in the minority. Um, And then we do some practice, so real real life skills. Uh, It's been a, a movement. We have grown, I can't believe, even in a virtual world, we had to pivot. We used to only be in person pre pre-pandemic and mm-hmm. we had to pivot quickly and we did and I actually love it d- delivering them virtually I feel mm-hmm. people are even more vulnerable in sharing and open um, and we've we've hit over 200,000 participants over 800 countries so it's really wow. it doesn't matter if you do sit in the United States this really affects everybody um, globally so that's that's a little bit about the initiative. Well, and it's funny, Forward kind of had to do the same type of pivot yeah. with the community groups. <laughs> Once yes. pandemic hit and we went, oh, we can't actually get together anymore. We pivoted to virtual and it was such a hit uh, to the point that like, we're actually going to probably continue that. Um, I think yeah. we've heard of a lot of community groups saying that they just, they like that. And it was kind of for the same reason that, that you're saying it's, it's been working out for Google because, you know, women in New York can join, you know, something in California, you know, and meet those women that they probably would have never been able to before. But so it's just, it's a, it's a cool thing. I like virtual. I hope it doesn't go away. <laughs> well, I, I, I do enjoy virtual as well. And we yeah. have found the same thing with our forward Detroit chapter. Mm-hmm. We yeah. continue to grow and have new people, um, every month at our, our monthly meetings. Yeah. Um, now that things are starting to open back up a little bit in Michigan, we're going to keep virtual, but, uh, in, introduce a in-person option once a month. Mm-hmm. So that'll help meet the need of everyone's schedule so that they yeah. can attend when they can or where they feel most comfortable. So I do, I, you know, I do get tired. I get, uh, video conferencing fatigue through the days, yes. but I yes. do, um, <laughs> it is helpful with balancing all the things that God has, um, in front of us. Oh yeah. Okay. Another thing too. I love Googlers. Like, is that seriously what you guys all call each other? That's awesome. We have a secret language. We always laugh. I have to like watch myself. We we speak in acronyms. We speak in acronyms a lot. And so I had to, I do have, we, we, it is a joke, a running joke. Um, You'll be on with a client, especially at auto. And they'll be like, wait, what, what was that? And I was like, oh, for example, um, if you're familiar, like spreadsheets, everybody knows like Microsoft Excel spreadsheets. Well, we have Google Sheets, a Google yeah. version. We call yeah. them Trixes. So, oh, it's like all I, right. yes. <laughs> and so I have to watch myself. Oh, it's in the tricks. And my husband will be like, what? The, the tricks. Oh. <laughs> so. Now, okay, I want to take a break for a second. Let's let's talk about or have you share how you even got connected with Google because it's kind of a cool story. Uh, yes, it is. Um, it is a cool. It is a cool story, and definitely all God. So I, um, I, as you mentioned in my bio, I had been working in automotive marketing since I graduated from Michigan State. I did a little stint in London where I had an international uh, business uh, internship. But then I came back and finished and about, I don't know, I guess how many, I got to see how many years into my career was it? (laughs) It was about nine (laughs) years into my career. I, you know, I had always been really focused on, you know, I'm really excited about the next movement or the next 
evolution of marketing. Mm-hmm. And I've been, when I started out, we were really still traditional and digital like was still very new. So doing anything right. online was still very new. But I continued to like move into those areas of digital transformation. And I was actually pregnant with my second daughter and they called me uh, for an interview, which is slightly unheard of, to be honest. Um, I think they found me on LinkedIn just because the area of focus in my career was so niche Mm -hmm. that, um, and I came in seven months pregnant with Eliana and we, we did the interview and it went really, really well. Um, but there was a candidate that was stronger than me. And so I was just really excited that I got the opportunity to interview at Google. I went along, had my baby and the recruiter said she was going to call me after I had Eliana. And to my surprise, she actually did. And um, I went back in for an interview and then ended up starting there um, when Eliana was four months. And so it's just been amazing platform, again, with that concept of make a dent where you're sent, where I've been able to be bold. Google is a really big company of empowering you to be who you are um, in any circumstance. And knowing that my faith is my number one force, I've been really bold about that and then getting to be a part of platforms like I Am Remarkable lets me be even more open about that. So it's been really, really exciting. Yeah. Well, and something like that, like that's a huge experience to go through. And I know for me personally, and I'm sure that there's plenty in our audience that would feel this way too, uh, that we mentioned the, that imposter syndrome, that would start to kick in real bad. Yes. <laughs> Cause you even said, you know, there was somebody that was more qualified, you know, yep. you thought than you were. And uh, so, I mean, we've talked about imposter syndrome so much <laughs> within the forward community because it is something that uh, it's we all so struggle common. With. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and I feel like especially women, like I know men can feel it too, but you know, women for whatever reason, you know, we are just so prone to it. And you know, and, and it's, and it's sad because I feel like we are affected by it, but we often feel like, you know, we're kind of the only one feeling like, Hey, I don't belong here. Why am I getting this job? Why am I getting this project? You know? So, I mean, I'd love to hear, I mean, in that situation, did imposter syndrome pop up? Have you had to deal with imposter syndrome personally throughout your career? I I think that is a big concept that we talk about at Google. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of Googlers feel (laughs) that way of imposter syndrome. I mean, You come to the table and you're working with the smartest, the best of the best. You know, right, everyone, right. everyone is a top performer. Everyone is type A. So it's more natural to run into imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's why where I am remarkable and these trainings and these developments and these little tips have really helped to kind of keep that at bay. Right. One of my favorite taglines from the workshop is it's not bragging if it's based on fact. So, I'll, yeah, so I'll say it one more time. It's not bragging if it's based on fact. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what that is telling us is that if we take the time, if we create the space to really think about what have we done, especially in relation to our careers or even our personal lives, what are our proudest accomplishments, not attributes, accomplishments? Mm-hmm. And take the time, we realize those are all truth, those are all fact. Mm-hmm. So, why it helps to start to shift that mindset of like, oh, that's, you didn't do that. Or that's not for, you know, real, <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. I, you, you, it's truth. I earned that role at Google or I earned that promotion or I did drive X amount of millions of dollars in revenue, whatever that is yeah. for you. I am a kick butt mom. I make the best apple pie. Um, you know, like yeah. that, th- these things are truth. So when we tar- start to really document them and look at them, 
and realize, oh, wow, I always get that reaction when I encourage um, women to do that. Then we start to like be able to overcome that imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Now, I won't say that it doesn't always speak up here and there, and I do have some uh, ways of getting around that. One of my favorite things that I do is um, knowing that I work at Google, I use a lot of Google Docs, which are living and breathing documents. But every time I I like have like I, I call them HR worthy moments or performance rating moments or things that I just did at work that. I was like, wow, that was a really exciting opportunity. I jump into this doc. I don't even think about it. And then I mark down th- that event. And knowing that a lot of us and a lot of our listen- listeners are career women, probably over type A, <laughs> overachievers, we get into these moments of like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing anything right. Like I'm not accomplishing anything. And so what I do is I jump back into that document and I'll be like, hey, I am really making progress. I am really making impact. And it's just a nice reminder to to have that. Um, but one key thing I want to talk about, uh, Jordan, in regards to imposter syndrome mm-hmm. is that socially driven part too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, our research at Google verifies that imposter syndrome is a lie. <laughs> like, yeah, right. it really is. Um, yeah. There's a study that we have done in partnership with Catalyst that's a 20-year-old um Study. So 20 years ago, a study found that self-promoting women were seen to be less competent, less socially attractive, and less hireable than self-promoting men. Mm. Since then, further research has confirmed that this is still the case. Wow. So, you know, we've made a ton of progress as women in the workplace, but this, this area of um, not being confident yeah. and not being able to be, have strong self-perception um, continues to need work. And then cultural expectations for women to be modest, maybe more strongly defended by women than by men. So mm. what this is saying is that even women don't like when women self-promote. And, right. Right. and we're not, a threat. Yes. And we really need to change that mindset, encourage mm-hmm. others so we can continue to, to build that, that self-perception. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you seem to be a very confident person. So, you know, how would you mentor someone, let's say, who they've got a big interview coming up, you know, maybe it is with Google or, you know, it's with some, you know, big, huge company that everybody aims for, but they just, they're already going into it going like, why am I doing this? Why did I get this? I don't deserve this. Like, how would you mentor them? Like, how would you help them approach that and kind of redefine their self-perception a little bit going into something like that. Perfect. Well, I would tell them to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> I would take a moment of breath for sure. Um, I have a big, uh, I believe we opened up in, in prayer and it was yeah. just a, a way to recenter. We do a lot of uh, kicking off meetings. I was, especially when there's nerves involved um, at Google around like we call it um, arrival practice where we'll take some, a couple minutes to breathe, especially in a virtual world where there's not that mm-hmm. break between meetings. Yeah. And so I, I would re- perfect first breathe. The second yeah. thing I would tell them to do is like, let's create that space and just really go through what you've done. Like, let's take yeah. that minute to write the 10 things that come to your mind first that are remarkable or that you're proud of. And let's try to focus them around career. Mm-hmm. So what I find um, is as we do that, and then we start to look at line item by line item, our confidence continues to grow because we can actually see the truth on paper. Yeah. So that's where I would have them begin and then start to prepare for their interviews, highlighting how each of the, how they first, what was the, what was the project or what was the thing that they accomplished? 
Yeah. How did they get there? And then what were the results and what would they do different? Yeah. Um, but this helps. To, it's a muscle. We mm-hmm. say that a lot at yeah. Google. You have yeah. to keep practicing and you have to hold your count, yourself accountable. You can't just go into an interview with that nervous, nervousness on your, on your shoulders um, without really knowing the truth and preying on that truth. Yeah. I, you know, when you were sitting there talking about like, you know, owning, owning your accomplishments, owning what you've done. Again, this is probably just my personality. I, you almost like automatically think about that. And then the guilt or like, you know, the, the uncomfortableness of like, Oh, I need to brag, you know, and it's not bragging. I mean, it's, you're, you're stating a fact. I mean, if you've done something, so, I mean, like, why do you think those emotions come up? Like, where did we get ingrained in us that if you say that you've done something well, you're bragging or, you know, you shouldn't be doing that because you're drawing attention to yourself. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have attention. Um, in, in terms of, yeah, thinking about that in, I, we get that response a lot. I've gotten that response a lot across many different industries, always the same. I want to say that the team has done this or, mm-hmm. and, and that I didn't really do that. It was the whole team or the group of people. Right. And I, you know, I'm all about being humble. So I do think there is a subtle art of like stating our accomplishments, but in a way that makes others feel encouraged or inspired to do the yeah. same. Yeah. So I, I, I think it first takes bravery, honestly, mm-hmm. and just in practice. So another thing that I typically, or I have done, I actually have a buddy. Um, she's, we call, I call her my fast forward buddy because we ultimately <laughs> took another training called fast forward, which is a phenomenal training. If, if you're not aware of it, um, listeners to go out and check into, but one of those things is talking about accountability. And so her and I, she doesn't even work at Google anymore. She works for a startup, have a monthly meeting on the calendar where we meet and we hold each other sacred to mm-hmm. sharing with each other, what has been going on from a career perspective in our lives and really talking about how we contributed to them. So for me, it's definitely been that idea of practice and continuing to practice with somebody that makes me vulnerable so that when I get into more larger group situations, Mm. um, I'm able to do that. Uh, One thing too is accomplishments don't speak for themselves, especially when we're thinking about our careers. I know that I have fallen trapped to this before that I work so hard. I have a, mm-hmm. I maintain a high work ethic. I mean, my manager should just know what I'm doing and see what I'm doing. Um, but that even gets harder in a virtual world where like, yes, they see the inbox coming through, but it's, it's hard to, to, you know, really show one's value um, that way if we're not making sure that we're checking in regularly on those accomplishments and those progress, if we're working towards a promotion, for example. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, um, what we've seen, again, with data and research at Google is that you'll ultimately fall behind your peers. Right. So like, because there is others that are more confident in this area. And so I, w- I would say practice makes perfect in this, in this environment. Yeah. Well, before we go, is there anything else you want to share? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is, is really taking that time to reflect um, I, I think you said it great at the beginning of the uh, podcast of, you know, we've had this time and what have we really taken it like, you know, proactively to to really take that time to do self-care. And yeah. this is something that's really simple. It can be a five minute reminder on your calendar to just like in the last 10 days, what am I most proud of or what did I do? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really about taking, when you start to feel overwhelmed, when you start to feel that voice in your head saying that you're not doing well enough, or you did not do that, 
really try to silence it. I mean, as Christians, we silence it with prayer. Really try to silence it and then really start to write down those, those factual things so that you can remind yourself that you are, are doing a good job. Well, thanks so much for joining me for this conversation with Jesse. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash Jesse. That's the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N dot org slash J-E-S-S-I-E. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave us a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.